Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And if you're a first timer, welcome aboard. I promise to do a show on the Rockets and NBA free agency very, very soon. So keep an eye out for it. But in this one, I'll be looking at the latest on the Astros with friend of the show, Jimmy Price, who's the man behind AstrosFuture.com. It's the place to go if you're looking to keep up with the Astros farm system. Always good to talk to you, Jimmy. And I need to get your knowledge because tonight, as we're speaking Tuesday, we're seeing a brand new pitcher make his big league debut for the Astros. Who is the new guy? And maybe you can teach us how to pronounce his name. Yeah, I was going to ask if you could help with that. I think it's I think it's pronounced Urquidy, uh, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But you know he uh, he's had a really good year this year, but he, he was kind of he was kind of on the radar a couple of years ago. Uh, had a good 2016 season. Uh, signed out of Mexico uh, when he was 21. He put up a good year in 2016, and then he ended up having uh, Tommy John surgery, missed all of 2017, came back at the very end of 2018, and kind of kind of was a forgotten prospect. But uh, this year he's turned things around. Was really good in Double A. Went to Triple A in the Pacific Coast League and and, and dominated Triple A hitters. Uh, reports are saying that you know he used to be a a guy who would throw in the 90 to 92 range, but now his fastball is you know sitting in the 94 to 96 range, which is pretty big. I think he's got a slider changeup as well. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to see his debut, see what he can do. Uh, he's a guy that even prior to Tommy John and, and since Tommy John as well didn't walk many guys, had good strikeout rates. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to seeing him uh, make his debut. He's only 24 years old, so it's he lost a season, but he's not. It's not like it put him back too far. Yeah, it's interesting, and and I want to stay with the the starting pitching because after Verlander, Cole, and Miley, it feels like the starting pitching is a little bit desperate. There was tons of excitement in spring training, of course, about the young guns, Corbin Martin, Forrest Whitley, Framber Valdez, J.B. Bukowskis, but Whitley is hurt. The rest of them have struggled either on the minor league level or the big league level that, you know, the ones that have had the chance, and with Peacock, now hurt, I'm starting to get really concerned, Jimmy. It feels like they have to get a starter on the trade market, maybe even sooner than the deadline, which is a month away. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, you know, I always think about it like right now, the, the starters that they're rolling out there, it's going to be good enough for, for us to probably win 100 games to get to the playoffs. But, you know, when you get to a playoff series, you want to have, uh, it'd be nice to have three top notch starters, and they have two in Verlander and Cole. Um, I know you got Miley, but I don't know, is that a guy that you're wanting to count on in the playoffs right now? Um, but then after that, yeah, the depth really falls off. And, you know, I think everyone expected Whitley to be there. But like you said, he's been hurt. Uh, J.B. Bukowskis was another guy who we hoped that would make, a, you know, a, an impact this year. And he, um, he's he been better of late, but he really, his overall numbers haven't been great. And then, yeah, Martin's dealing with the injury now, too. So uh, it, it, there are some pitchers out there that are available for trade. I know. Uh, the rumors are always around with Marcus Stroman. That would be a, a nice target. But I know uh, John Morris, he posted something yesterday about uh, the Astros' interest in uh, Matthew Boyd, the, the lefty from uh, from Detroit. So um, I definitely think they need to to look at adding another starting pitcher. And I think they will. I, I think Jeff Luno right now is, is, you know, looking at all the options. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because I just uh, did a poll yesterday with our Twitter followers, you know, which pitcher the Astros – will get on the trade market. I don't think I asked them specifically who would you like, but I just gave them the choices of Bumgarner, uh, Marcus Stroman, Trevor Bauer. You mentioned Matthew Boyd. That was another one of the choices 
they had Strowman and Bumgarner in a tie. Like, which one do you think makes the most sense? And or is there a name that maybe nobody's mentioned to this point that uh, should be included in that conversation? Uh, Strowman seems like a guy that you know would would fit the Astros clubhouse well. I think. You know, Brent Strong would be able to do do great things with him. He's got good stuff, but the the uh, you know the numbers just haven't been there to match the stuff that he has. So I, I'd be really interested to see what what the Astros uh, you know analytics and Brent Strong could do with him. So that'd be a guy I'd be interested in bringing in. Obviously, if you're looking for a guy who can stick around for more than one year, uh, Matthew Boyd would be a nice option. He's still, I think, he's probably still got two or three years till he becomes a free agent. Um, another name that has been. I mean, semi-tossed out, but it really depends on how competitive their team is going to be, is Max Scherzer. And, and I don't know if that's a realistic possibility. Uh, when you know myself and another guy from the site were looking at the, the possibility of a trade for Max Scherzer at the time, the, the, uh, the Nationals were like 10 games under 500. And, and since then, they've kind of gone on a little run. I think they're maybe like th- uh, three games over 500 or something like that right now. They're, they're not in the playoff. You know, they're in the playoff fight, but they're not in the playoffs yet. If they... If they falter a little bit, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see the the Nationals try to, you know, get some kind of uh, um, some kind of something back in return for him. I, I think he's got a couple years left, but they're very expensive years. Obviously, they lost Harper this last year, so they could decide to to do a rebuild. But if he ever came available, that would be that would be cool to pick him up. I, I mean, he's one of those guys you want to see have the ball in the playoffs, and to to pair him with Verlander and Cole would be awesome. But you know, that that might be a pipe dream as well. What's interesting about Bumgarner is. I don't know what you think, but it didn't seem like, from what I've heard, he, he's not—he's the bum gardener of old. And if you trade for him, if you're spending the money uh, for the rest of his salary, uh, you know, which is is not you know not much to go as far as the contract is concerned, obviously. But uh, and if you're spending the capital to get him in a trade, you wonder, Jimmy, why wouldn't they have just tried to re-sign Dallas Keuchel? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you there. I mean, I I like Bumgarner, but you know some of the the antics on the field. I don't know how that would go over necessarily with some of the Astros, but uh, but either way, I mean, he's been he's been a good pitcher this year. He hasn't been you know the guy that everyone thinks of when you know they think about his his postseason heroics and um, you know uh, leading the league in strike or uh, you know innings pitched and strikeouts and things like that. I mean, he's been good, but not you know not a Cy Young caliber pitcher. And, and I would imagine that's what the Giants are going to want in return is even though he's a free agent at the end of the year, they're going to want a heck of a return in terms of prospects. But um, yeah, I think it's easy to look and say, you know, especially now with Peacock, you know, getting hurt and some of the starting pitchers struggling is, man, they could have just, you know, re-signed Charlie Moore nor Dallas Keuchel. Uh, and unfortunately, neither one of those happened. So now they're in the market of, you know, looking to trade for a starting pitcher. But fortunately we have, we have the ammunition to make a trade if, if that's the uh, you know the route they decide to go. I guess the one reason they might go after him is because you could also uh, have the, the Giants include in a package a couple of good relievers that they've got. Right, Will Smith is is supposedly uh, might be on the market. Yeah, Will Smith has been a, a guy I've kind of looked at a little bit. Uh, you know, great strikeout rates. He's their their closure right now. I think he uh, left-handed pitcher would be an awesome guy to throw into the back of our bullpen just to to pair with or to, you know, combo with Osuna and Presley. Cause uh, I mean, I, I like our bullpen. I like Osuna and Presley, but Ron Doan has been a little bit iffy. Josh James has been a lot better recently, but you know, we've seen his struggles as well. So if you could, if you could do some, uh, some type of, you know, combo package of Smith and Bumgarner and do it without having to get up, you know, give up any of your, maybe your top, you know, three or four prospects that it might be worth it. I just, I just have a feeling the giants, especially with Smith involved, are going to want, 
you know, they're probably going to be asking for a, a combination of Tucker, Bukowskis, and, and probably more. Yeah, you just said it, uh, the prospects. Uh, who do you see as some of their likely trade trips as they search for a starter? Who are a couple of pitchers they could afford to deal and who might be some strong position players uh, considering how most of them are blocked by this all-star lineup that they've got? Yeah, I think Kyle Tucker is the number one right now. I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen what he can do in the minors, great hitter in the minors, got a little bit of opportunity last year, not enough to really form an opinion on him, but, um, you know, he's, he's an outfielder. And right now the Astros have uh, Springer who's going to be here for a couple more years. I know Reddick's only one more year. Brantley's got another year after this, but then you got Alvarez who's kind of a left field uh, first base DH type of guy. Um, so that if, if they really, I, I don't think they would move Tucker, um, but I, if they end up, if they did decide to do it, you can understand where they're coming from. Cause they also have other, you know, top outfield prospects, uh, you know, coming up from behind them as well. Um, on the pitching side, the pitching has been, it's been, it's been tough this year. Cause a lot of the guys, we've had a lot of success down low quad cities, the Fayetteville guys, but you know, double a and above the pitchers have, have really struggled. And, uh, w- there's been a lot of injuries too. a lot of the, you know, Corbin Martin, Forrest Whitley, Tyler Ivey uh, is another guy. Peter Solomon is another pitching prospect who was very good last year, and they've all struggled with injuries this year. Uh, so to try to pinpoint one that would be ideal for a trade is um, is kind of difficult. Uh, Rogelio Armenteros is, is a guy who I think probably deserves a shot to, to start somewhere in the majors right now, but you know the, just the Astros don't really have a fit for him just yet. You know he, he came up and pitched in relief and pitched pretty well. Um, so I mean he's a He's kind of one of those major league ready type trade prospects. If, if you know they decided to to trade uh, with a team that needed a starting pitcher immediately, you know he could be a guy that could uh, fill that void. They just uh, got a couple of guys back in the organization that uh, we remember from uh, the last few years: uh, Riley Farrell and, and Felipe Polino. Are, are those guys that you think can help at all at the big league level this year and the future, or are they just arms because they they've had so many injuries in double and triple a. Yeah. The Paulino one is interesting because, you know, given his age and everything, but his numbers were, were, I know it's, a, you know, independently, but his numbers are really good in, uh, in Sugarland. Uh, Farrell, you know, was, was, has always been a guy who was a semi, you know, top prospect. I mean, he, uh, you know, came, I think he was a, a second or third round pick out of, uh, out of TCU a few years back, you know, and, um, had some solid minor league seasons, but the Astros decided to, to leave him unprotected and he was selected. But like you said, they got him back. If he ends up coming into the Astros system and, and puts up good numbers this year, I definitely think he's a guy that, you know, could get a shot, um, here soon, you know, with the Astros, with the, the, the struggles they've had, uh, you know, pitching and injury wise Paulino. I don't know if he's, if he's going to be a guy who, who actually does get a shot at the major league level. You know, the problem right now is that the 40-man roster is full and they've made some movements with guys going to the 60-day IL to, to kind of clear up some space. And now we're, we're getting into that roster crunch because the injuries have started and we're starting to bring in, you know, um, starting to bring up more prospects. We've seen how many guys have came up already this year. So the roster crunch is getting tight. Uh, but I definitely wouldn't put it past him. I mean, if you sign a guy like Paulino, a guy who's got major league experience, and he goes into AAA, uh, a, a hitter's league, and he does well, you might as well see, you know, bring him up and see what he has. Let me ask you about the big league guys because uh, Verlander and Cole are giving up a lot of bombs, even though they've pitched okay. Uh, you know, would would you be concerned at all about that, or should we just assume this is just part of the juice ball era and unavoidable? Yeah, it's kind of the way I, I feel about it. Verlander's been, you know, he's been great at limiting them to uh, like solo homers. You know, he's given up a ton of solo homers, but. I think the other day, um, I can't remember which game it was, but he gave up a three-run home run, and I think that was like the first 
threw run home run he gave up in an Astros uniform. Uh, you know, no grand slams, no three run homers prior to that. So yeah, it is a bummer to see him you know, giving up home runs like that. Uh, but you know, in this day and age, there's the home runs are flying out of the ballpark at, you know, astronomical rates right now. Um, you know, plenty of guys are on pace to set their career highs and a career number of 30 plus home run hitters right now. So, uh, as long as their overall numbers are good, which Cole and Verlander's overall numbers are good. And we're still getting wins when they're pitching. As long as that's the case, then, you know, I'm okay with them giving up a couple long balls here and there. The pitching concerns me, as I said, but we're starting to see some good things from the position players. Uh, let me start with Altuve. I thought he looked about as good as he's looked in a year this past weekend. We finally saw him hitting line drives the other direction, opposite field. Really looked more comfortable at the plate. What did you think? Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Uh, I know he, his first game back with you know when he came back against Cincinnati, it just it didn't look right. We go to New York. He got a couple infield hits. Uh, finally connected on a home run that series and. It kind of felt like that might have gotten him going a little bit. Uh, but to see him driving the ball to right center and hitting line drives all over the park, and you know, I know there's a couple uh, balls that he really stung to left field as well. It's nice to see him kind of swinging it well and getting his stride back because that's – I don't even have to say it, but that's a, that's a huge part of our lineup to get a guy like Altuve back in there that can hit 320, 330, get on base. Uh, I know a lot of people are hating on him for that 3-0 swing uh, a few nights ago. Uh, he hit it hard. It was right to the third baseman, and they got the force out. But uh, I, I definitely think he, he's trending in the right direction. He looks he looks healthy. He's running hard. He's hitting the ball hard. Another guy, Yuli, who looks like the Yuli that we all know over the last two weeks. Jeff Luno said he had a talk with our old Astros friend, Carlos Beltran, when they were in New York, and he feels that might have something to do with what Yuli's done. But, you know, I almost relate it, uh, Jimmy, to – to when uh, Jordan came up. I feel like he sort of started getting revitalized when uh, one of his Cuban brothers came up and, and was hitting behind him and then or hitting in front of him, and, and that kind of got him going. Yeah, that, I mean, that that's pretty much right. Uh, I mean, Alvarez has played 16 games, and if you look at Gurriel's last 16 games, he's hitting 318. He's got five doubles, four homers. So the issue early on this season with Gurriel was like the power was, was just not there. You know, he was hitting maybe like 260, 270, but it was pretty much all singles. Well, he's got... Nine extra base hits over his last 16 games, uh, like I said, four of which are home runs. So to see him driving the ball like that is going to be, you know, very important for the depth of our lineup. You know, we're finally getting healthy. Springer back, Altuve back, Alvarez in the middle of the lineup. So uh, you're starting to to get that 2017 vibe going on, where you know there's not, uh, you know, one through six, you know, is is a great you know lineup, and then your seven, eight, nine with you know Reddick, Torinos, and you know, maybe Tyler White's not bad either. I know that's that's another conversation right there. But uh, yeah, it's you know it's really nice to see to see Guriel driving the ball, and I, I I definitely think that maybe getting someone like Alvarez in the clubhouse with them is you know could be um could be a, a motivation you know to to as I said as a Cuban brother get out there and start start playing better. Not long after the All Star break, Carlos Correa should be back. So here's maybe a tough question. For you, this is rich folk problems, but where in the lineup does Jordan bat once Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Brantley, and Correa are all healthy? Do you put him in the sixth spot, or do you have him ahead of one or, or two of those guys? I would probably do something along lines of, you know, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Brantley, you know, Alvarez, Correa, or uh, Alvarez, Correa. You know, it depends on how uh, Hinch wants to do it. He's going to be, in my opinion, he would be in the top six. It depends on how Hinch wants to do it in terms of splitting up lefties. Because if that's the case, you could maybe look at 
you know, hitting Brantley second and, and Alvarez fourth or fifth and, and kind of throwing righties in between them. But, you know, we've seen this year that Brantley and Alvarez, although they're left-handed hitters, they don't, they hit, they hit well off of lefties. And I know it's been a small sample for Alvarez, but that, that's big because you don't have to worry about putting them two next to each other and having a lefty come in and, and shut them down. They hit well against righties and lefties. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to get Correa back just to see what that full lineup would look like. And, you know, to have Gurriel at first and Alvarez at DH and, uh, really just have, a, you know, have have an above-average hitter at every position, uh, you know, on the field. What do you do if Aledmus Diaz comes back and then he gets hurt again or something like that because Tyler White just can't seem to get it going. Uh, he is the pinata for Astros Twitter, but, you know, he's not going anywhere until they can get Aledmus back uh, at this point because, you know, you need a backup first base. But what if, what if he gets hurt again because – you know, if you bring a Ledmus back and say you designate Tyler White, which it seems like it would be inevitable with with him and Correa coming back, you got to make room somehow. And and White seems like the obvious guy. But I mean, wh- where do they go? Is it AJ Reed? Is that your only option? To, maybe to bring somebody up? Well, my hope would be if if uh, you know Diaz is the one that gets hurt again. My hope would be that they look to fill something on that you know on the on the infield side that would be a similar position to Diaz. And, and what I mean by that is. You know, right now they move Guriel to third, and then we're having White play first since Guriel's having to play the infield. Well, if they can bring up someone who can play the infield and leave Guriel at first, I think it'd be a little bit better. Uh, a guy that I would personally like to see get the call is Joshua Rojas. He was a a, a 26 round pick back in 2017, which seems insane to think that he was he was uh, you know found this this low in the draft, but um, came out of Hawaii. He's had a couple really good years. Well, this season he's 25, but he's played all over the diamond: first, second, third, shortstop left, right. Uh, he's hitting 304 between double-A, triple-A. He's got 25 doubles, 13 homers, 22 stolen bases. Uh, lefty bat, I mean, really is like the ideal fit for a utility guy uh, to be able to come up and play, you know, uh, uh, you know, three, four different positions. So if Diaz does get hurt and they want to bring up someone who can back up all the positions and be a utility guy, I, I think Rojas would be the perfect fit. I don't know if they make that move now, um, but I would think if he doesn't get a chance this year, next year he's probably going to find himself on the Astros, you know, be, being a, that utility type guy um, somewhere down the line. That's why I get you because you got a name that I didn't know. So that, that's that's an interesting way to, to look at it. And uh, let's go to AstrosFuture.com. What, what's up right now that people might want to check out and, and what what maybe are you working on? Well, today here in a, uh, probably about an hour or so, the uh, players of the month for June are coming out. Uh, been doing a new thing, a, a stock report, talking about guys whose stock has gone up or down over the last month or two. Um, so I'll probably end up getting a new one of those coming out too. But other than that, just the, the normal recaps and just seeing how the minor league teams are doing. And we got all the short season ball uh, you know, teams going now, the, the Gulf Coast League, Astros, Tri-City. So the, uh, the the guys they just drafted, the Corey Lees and Gray Kessingers, those are all starting to – they're starting to get their pro, you know, pro uh, career started as well. So – uh, fun time to watch those guys that are, that are just got drafted that get to see them play some uh, professional baseball. Did I see that uh, Bukowskis is going to be in the Futures game? He is. He's the lone Astros representative, which kind of seems odd. You know, we've had we've been having multiple guys in there for a while now, and realistically, if, if Alvarez didn't get the call, he you know he may have been an option to play. But he is he is the lone representative. He will get to pitch. And if you look at his overall stat line, it's it's not very flattering. But if you take out like the first you know month and a half, it's been a lot better recently. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he can do. You know, 
he'll 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 probably pitch one inning so we can see what he can kind of you know give you for a one inning stint see what see what his fastball life looks like so uh it'll be fun to see him on the big stage like that do you still get into the all-star game it's it's harder and harder for me to get into the all-star game over the years even though all these astros have got six of them in the all-star game yeah so you know it was it was fun to watch it in miami a couple years ago when uh, Springer, you know, had his first all-star game and they had him mic'd up in the outfield. And then last year I'll, I try to tune in if I can, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to plan my day around watching the all-star game necessarily. But last year was, you know, I didn't really watch much of the beginning and then I kind of started picking it up in the end. And then we got to see, you know, Springer and Bregman hit home runs in the all-star game, which is pretty cool. So I'll probably, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely try to, you know, to tune in at some point. Cause you know, we got, we're going to see Verlander, Cole Presley, and then our, our, our position players as well. So I'll try to tune in a little bit, uh, you know, just to see those guys and see how they do. But yeah, it's, I mean, realistically, any all-star game is, is tough to get into, but it's just nice to see the, you know, our guys get the, the recognition they deserve. Always good information, man. It's AstrosFuture.com at AstrosFuture on Twitter. Thanks so much for doing this, Jimmy. All right. Thank you. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.